0: Hey, it's Madison the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me uh, welcome somebody I've known since he was a, a teenager, and I say that, Judge Greg Mathis, it is hard to believe, first of all, that you've been doing the Greg Mathis Show for 21 years. 23. I, hell, I knew you when you were 21. You sure did. (laughs) Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, before we get into the American Gangster Trap Queens, what's been the, do you think has been the success of your show other than your personality,
1: intelligence, and understanding of the law? I think it's relatability. Um, As you know, Joe, I've lived about three lives. Uh, One is a street youth in Detroit. And then as a professional in uh, Detroit politics and civil rights and as a married family man. uh, And now as a television personality and um, to a lesser measure in the past, uh, some leadership opportunities that I've had nationally with Reverend Jackson and the Black political structure around the country. So all those lives and the education, of course, uh, equips me with the ability to relate. If it's a street youth uh, who's before me and wants to kick the game around, I know how to do that and if it's a single mother with uh, uh, raising boys by herself, I live that life as a kid and a uh, destructive it's a youth street youth living a destructive life. I live that life as a kid. If it's a family, uh, I'm living that life now and have done so for thirty seven years and professionalism as we know. So if I get a guy on there who wants to uh, speak the King's English to try and challenge and see how who's the smartest, well, I could do all of that with the professionals, with the lawyers. So I think everybody who looks at the show says, that's me. They're able to identify with it. That's what I believe.
0: Let's go to something. I, I didn't know you were an executive producer. Um, But let's talk about American Gangster uh, Trap Queens. So Mm -hmm. tell us, what is this about? Is it based on real life? Uh, What was your role as executive producer? Were you able
1: to relate to the script? All of the above. Yeah, well, um, I've had six shows come to air as a producer in the last 10 years. uh, And all of them, have been purposeful and for example the show I had with Kiki Palmer on air for two years as a talk show host was aimed at trying to uplift her generation of youth and educate them through entertainment and it ran right next to 106 and Park on BT and did relatively well until they shifted their objectives. Then I had a show called um, The Mathis Project where I went into the neighborhood personally and tried to solve cold cases using my credibility and community respect. Uh, And people were cooperating and giving me tips, et cetera. Then uh, a couple of other shows I've had that have all been purposeful. And so with this, I came up with an idea to uh, reach out to the community that I think uh, needs more direction than any. And that is the millennial community that is intrigued by strippers and gangsters and dope dealers. You know, Joe, I'm convinced that we can't get through to people until they listen. Uh, And they're not listening uh, to uh, professional leaders. They're not listening to uh, their role models. Aren't uh, the folks that, at the highest level of society and education and politics and media. Their role models is the hip hop generation. Their role models are the guys who are making the most money and throwing it up in the clubs. And uh, as such, I identify with that because that's where I come from, that culture. And so i that's one of the lives I've lived in the sense that hanging around gangsters. So you have this gangster admiration culture and so I figured if I could get through to them and in a unique way and in this case it's showing the life of women who were gangsters and were able to redeem themselves and start a new life I thought I could uh broadcast something that had a cautionary tale with an inspirational ending that identifies directly to the people I think we need to influence the most. You know uh Greg uh
0: and I hope you don't mind me calling you claire Of course,
1: that's, that's what you called me before you knew me. <laughs> Only the people who didn't know me before that. I'm not
0: bad. But, uh, you know, you said something caught my ear. Uh, women, gangsters. Because we often don't think of women gangsters. I mean, yeah. most of the image is that of, of
1: male. Why did you focus on, on women? Well, to be honest, it would be more marketable because it's a unique concept, and then the other thing, a cautionary tale for the young women now, many of them um, believe that you know money is their God, and get it any way you can, whether it's laundering money, whether it's fraud, whether it's uh, uh, corruption, and so well, you know, we have to show the real, and that is these women prisons are full too, and these are the reasons why in young lady young girl. Yeah, you should go in a direction uh, other than the strip club, other than places where you would otherwise uh, get involved in criminal activity, whether peer pressure (laughs) isn't so heavy to get in criminal activity. Like I said, these dope guys and gangsters and folks with money, criminals are guys, they're They're the attraction in the uh, millennial community. And once you get with one of those guys, you want to be down with the game and who knows how far you want to go. So this shows all of that, A to Z, as well Mm -hmm. as, as you know, political corruption.
0: Tonisha Welch, uh, I'm not familiar with her. Uh, What what I understand was an actual uh, drug queen
1: pin. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what was it like? working with with her yes well I've known her for years in her uh, redemptive efforts Uh, she is the uh, woman common-law wife of the leader of the founders of black mafia family BMF which is now a television series produced by 50 cent on uh stars uh, it's in its third week. And they were the largest drug dealing gang in history. Two young black boys from Detroit. They, The federal government said they sold as much as $350 million worth of drugs. Uh, they lived in Bel Air and in Beverly Hills, et cetera, et cetera. Um, her son went to school with my sons out in California, which are uh, looked at as the number one school. And it's very, very difficult to get in. But that's how we know her. our sons went to school together. And of course, associates from Detroit knew them before moving to Atlanta, uh, where they uh, escalated their uh, uh, involvement and later connected with the uh, cartel. And so Big Meech, um the brother and founder and the most famous, um, he's in jail, you know, quite, One of the things they did, for example, is got billboards in Atlanta and put up billboards that said BMF forever. Uh, And one of the prosecutors who covered one of their uh, stories uh, uh, on one of their broadcast bios uh, even talked about how it angered him going to work every day. Seeing seeing the Mm -hmm. billboards. Yeah. And that was the life they lived and she lived. And Yeah, they went through uh, tens of millions of dollars, uh, personally, and uh, the rest of their crew, I guess, over the years, they had about an eight-year run, uh, did that. So they're on television, and they're being glamorized. Let me bring that point home, and then I'll let you speak as you see our filibuster. (laughs) But to bring that point home about her and them, B.M.F., Mm -hmm. they're the most popular drug dealers in the history of hip-hop, they um to bring that home yeah i was in these i had to ride to detroit by uh a tour bus this past summer from chicago because i was scared to get on the plane so i have my nephew who's a truck driver from florida and so he comes and he drives me and we get to my house in detroit and i say uh okay i gotta go and meet with uh southwest t you know who that is he eyes bucks out you know southwest t from bmf oh my god he's everybody's idol oh wow but listen to this and i said and afterwards we have to drive to chicago i'm thinking he's really gonna be impressed now i said we got to go back to chicago because i got to meet with reverend jackson uh, that, that, I don't know if you know, but he mentored me. I'm telling him this. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you. Right. So yeah.
1: seeing that type of influence, that's yeah. has the influence. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I got to get through to those guys. I deal with street gang guys. Just got off the phone with Lil Dirk a couple of weeks ago where he pledged to, this is one of the super gangster rappers from Chicago, pledged to, Um, mitigate his rap uh, lyrics regarding dead gang members he was singing about gang members that were killed by his crew on rap songs they killed his brother they killed his uh, cousin and they killed his right-hand man and there's a drug I mean there's a gang war in Chicago Uh, so I say all that to say I have access to these guys and I can, they respect me as an OG. And so I use that. And so that being the case, this is the type of program I can make because yeah. I know it. I know yeah.
0: it. You know, you know,
1: Greg, I gotta,
0: I, as you were talking, I, and I'm gonna be honest as I've always been, mm-hmm. I, I don't know who in the hell you're talking about. I say, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't yeah. know these yeah. people's names. Yeah. I don't know if they walked into my my condo right now. I wouldn't mm-hmm. know them. So, mm-hmm. is it is it a Is it my generation? Should we make an effort to get to know them, or are we beyond that
1: uh, that that point? You no, know, we're not. I, okay, go ahead. For example, and and this is what, quite frankly, I'm looking, I'm using the model of television uh, to reach these same people that have the ultimate respect and will follow the leadership of Minister Farrakhan. They do. That that crowd listens to the minister uh, righteously and will follow him. Uh, short of costing them any money or fun, and they wouldn't. Or and they, their by money. the way, wouldn't
0: be, and they aren't a member of his. Uh,
1: Absolutely uh, uh, not of
0: the nation of Islam. They're not a Correct. member. They're. Correct. It's the message that they're. Correct. Listening to, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and the strength they see in him, and yeah, and the yeah. and the rebellion and the courage that they see in him because. Folks I'm talking about come from the hood and they've seen all the uh, the, the, the results of poverty and they know who the enemy is. If the enemy is the person that's keeping the resources from them and the opportunity and locking them up at disproportionate rates with extensive time and dealing with police corruption. They know who the enemy is. So when you have someone as the minister who's unafraid to point that enemy out and talk about that enemy then, which is uh, the power structure and uh, the political and social elite of this country, Uh, they they listen and they appreciate it. And so that's what I'm looking to do in television. And that is open eyes and and enlighten that demographic who need direction, who need leadership. And they do respect me. And they do look upon me with leadership. I uh, hear it all the time from these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm uh, pursuing that through multimedia because that's where this generation is now.
0: Yeah, it is multimedia. So there's two other, let me go back to uh, what, what you have said. The last time that I was um, with Minister Farrakhan mm-hmm. was Dick Gregory's funeral. And he actually gave the eulogy um, uh, and it was interesting because people often associate them, associate Minister Farrakhan, with being anti-Semitic. Uh, do, are these gang members overlooking that uh, or, or or what? Because that, be- no- that, that becomes a, an issue every time his name is, is brought up.
1: They have no clue what they're talking about, what mainstream society is talking about with regard to the things he say that are interpreted as anti-Semitic. Their uh, focus totally is on here's a man who would defend us and who will fight for us beyond any measure and beyond anyone in society. And any attack upon him is just what they do when a leader represents the least of us as they did with dr king uh they you know what they did to dr king if fbi tried to destroy him went as far as to get sex tapes and send it to his wife yeah. and so they know what uh happens when we fight and, and malcolm see, i mean every yes.
0: single yeah, i mean the list goes Ed on meg yeah ever. yeah yes. meg oh, ever the list goes on and mm-hmm. so that's where in other words that's where they're focus is yes and and for for whatever reason uh that's what the that's the message that they're that they're hearing now correct final final uh, again does all this come into uh this uh new project that you have uh, put together with uh, uh again american gangster the uh mm-hmm. trap queens is all that part of the message
1: Yes. And, okay. uh, of, of, of the message I'm yeah. uh, uh, sending. Absolutely. That's, okay. I'm getting eyeballs. It's a big hit on BET. And uh, as a result, big hit means uh, uh, people are consuming it and they're going back to it to consume some more of it. You understand being in the media, unless people come back, they don't really like it. <laughs> but if they keep coming back they do and if they keep coming back listening to joe madison they're going to learn something and so if yeah. they keep coming back to view judge Mathis programming they're right. going to learn something he's going to get through to them whether it's consciously or not on my judge show i do the same thing joe i recently for example i've been talking race a lot uh, I point out the differences between white culture, black culture, and Latino culture. But I do it in a jokingly way. and But people get that message. For example, the other day, one uh, white woman was talking about they met at a concert, her and uh, boyfriend or husband, and da, da, da. I say, and they fell in love. I said, white folks start start dating and fall in love at concerts? I say black folks start fighting and yelling at each other. I say you got one standing up, waving his hand, and you see everybody yelling at him to sit down. I say you got them singing loud and you can't hear and they start fussing about that. I say, no, nobody, I say they so they fall in love at white concerts, but fight at black ones, huh? So I just laughed and then I said, you know, I'm just kidding, those are stereotype. Yeah that, I, but I but I'm that.
0: laughing because it, it there's a like any stereotype there's a kernel of truth uh, in, in that you, you know you could do the same thing uh Greg with um and comic uh, comics have done this with black funerals versus white funerals <laughs> you know you, another well, thing
1: yeah another thing ahead. that I've been riding on on my judge show yeah. is the difference between how the crack epidemic uh, was treated and the opioid epidemic is treated. I Every yeah. time I get, nearly every time I get a uh, drug addict on, uh, a opioid addict, I always say, okay, well, we hope that you'll get the help because they abandoned and destroyed three generations and allowed three generations to be destroyed of the crack epidemic, which came in the 80s. And so I give that And I talk about how it was associated with the uh, political aspirations of of Ronald Reagan and the exchange of guns for drugs. And that's what dumped the dope on Los Angeles, which spread the crack epidemic. I explain it thoroughly. And then I say, however, they were abandoned and we lost three generations, the grandmother who wanted to retire, the mother who was or the father. Who abandoned the child to their drug addiction, and the child who struggled, underdeveloped, etc., of the results of not being uh, cultivated and properly ed- and raised. I said, and now it's the opioid epidemic, which affects primarily, I say, rural and suburban areas. I say, so not a tearing y'all look. I say, I say, and so I'm glad that they're not quite abandoning you all like they mm-hmm. did the inner cities. So the point is coming across that, right. okay, crack epidemic, black, white folks, the government and the leaders of corporate America did nothing, turned the other way. With regard to opioids, it's a big epidemic that they're suing major corporations for billions. They're shutting down this. They're providing programming, etc. cetera. And so, uh, that's how I ease it in, and that would come at the tail end of a joke. I uh, get their attention, talking yeah. a joke, and then I ease over into something that educates them. And so I, that's what I, I want to do with the programming I'm producing.
0: Well, let me tell you, uh, we could do this for an hour and uh, still not have enough time. I, I do let, uh, one other question. A thought comes mm-hmm. to my mind. How do you respond? to people who say, wait a minute, you're a judge. Your job is to uh, deal with the law. You seem to be, uh, I I don't know, unforgiving, too forgiving, maybe too liberal. Uh, Shouldn't these people that you are talking about, associating with, uh, I mean, shouldn't they be and I'm just going to be straight, you know, this is mm-hmm. what folks say. Shouldn't they just be thrown in jail? I mean, come on, lock them up. I mean, mm-hmm. lock them up. And and yeah. uh, guess your response to that, because this is not the first time that question's been posed. Certainly, certainly, yeah.
1: certainly uh, uh, those who are profiting from the imprisonment of uh, black people specifically and prisoners in general, uh, there is a profit uh, uh, aspiration there. And others uh, who have bought into the stereotypes that uh, black men or black people should be feared because of their anger and their criminal activity. And so the narrative I try and paint is that the people who've been abandoned by society with failed education systems, with poverty. And failed education system leads to poverty. Poverty leads to criminal activity based on the hopelessness and despair of their condition. And so uh, if we uplift them on the front side, I won't have to do so much work on the back side. And the work that I do is trying to inspire change, trying to inspire uh, um, change. a consciousness of that will inspire ex-offenders. Everyone on this show has been convicted and sentenced to prison. Really? So, yeah, oh, absolutely. Every, everybody so, on the show. Wow. Everybody on the show, including Catherine Pugh, Pew from Baltimore, former mayor of Baltimore. Everyone. And so we've helped. We've these are folks. I'm trying to show once again a cautionary tale with an inspirational ending. Uh, but with regard on the outside of outside the show, I associate with criminals because they influence other criminals. And we need to influence them to stop the killing in our community, to stop the uh, uh, shooting of children and senior citizens by straight bullets. Let me tell you something, Joe. In 2016, I had a gang summit In, I believe it was then in Memphis. And rival gang members came. I had the police in plain clothes, about, you know, standing about 500 or sitting around because I had it at a community center, rec center. And so uh, the gang members came and I asked if they would. That was one of the cities I was doing the uh, investigative. The murders of cold cases and it was at an epidemic the killing of children and seniors in particular or women from stray bullets I asked if they would simply uh violate the uh members of their organization of their street organization that accidentally or otherwise kill uh, children or women um and I wouldn't suggest that you harm anybody physically, but I'm sure, I know that you all, most street organizations have a form of a, issuing a violation to one of their members. So if you would do that to discourage, and you know what, both groups gave me their word, gave me their wow. word. And just like I got the word from the leading gangster rapper in the country uh, to stop singing about dead gang members of the opposite organization. Uh, so to, I got to get through to them. Yeah. They come to my community center in Detroit. Some of them have warrants on them, existing warrants. So what do I do? I'll call oh, Mike yeah. Turner. I'll call Mike or I'll call the chief of police and I'll tell him I'm trying to work with him. I'll bring him in, but you got to let me bond him out That by arrange things. And I work with that person. One young man I did that with at my community center became a Hollywood producer. We sent him into a train. He wanted to do that and wanted to come out to L.A. I sponsored him for six months, got him an internship at a studio. He worked at two different shows and then married a rich white woman. So (laughs) that worked out for him. So his life got a lot better. <laughs> he walked into the community center with a warrant for his arrest. And I just came in. out he had a, a Hollywood. Pre-
0: Hollywood, you're crazy. <laughs> right, look, man, I'm getting the scene. We're having too much fun. I got to wrap All it right. up. But, uh, right. you know, and, and again, it's American Gangster, uh, Trap Queens. Queens uh mm-hmm. and uh BET right is that right Yes BET
1: plus and then they also play it on BT linear
0: Yes Okay look it, it's good talking to you we got to get together real soon it, <laughs> All
1: right it, it, and you'll hear from all our friends soon.
0: Yeah yeah I, I know I will after this
1: <laughs> God bless you uh, Thank man. you brother I hope to see you soon